Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Linnell Willingham. This is The Fan here with you until 10 o'clock. Joining me right now, though, on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter Beat the Books. Download the covers the Washington Commanders for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael P R T D. What's going on, Mike? Thanks for giving me some time here tonight. Yo, big evening. Lots of plenty to talk about back on the practice field. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll get to watch him on Wednesday. Excited to, uh, uh, see what, see what they're up to. And I think we get to talk to Carson Wentz as well. I'll be the first time we get to talk to Carson, uh, during these OTA period. All right, Mike, it'd be radio malpractice, you know, not to kick things <laughs> off with the big news of the day. The Washington Commanders released a list of activities for each home game this season. What do you think of the move, first of all, and which themes do you most like and dislike? Well, I'm excited to meet the mascot. We get, we get to find out the mascot on, uh, <laughs> on, on January 1st. You know, there's so many different ways this could go. You think about the great annals of sports mascots, like the Philly Fanatic, you know, that, that's a legend. Remember when the Steelers did it, tried it a few years ago? Uh, Steely McBeam was his name. You can Google that. You <laughs> I, can I didn't, Google I didn't that. have a file on that, Mike. Wow. That, that's a real thing. Uh, Steely McBeam. Uh, he was a Steelers mascot. Did not make it to the end of the season. Yeah, clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, they're doing it on the same day they're recognizing the Hogs. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a more skeptical person might say, hmm, per- perhaps that is a hint as to which way the fans will be steered in this voting process. Yeah, definitely a big hint given out on that one. And Mike, you've been out at Ashburn at the OTAs thus far. And from what you've been able to see, how different does this offense look? And watch the fans be optimistic about this group heading into training camp. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I think the offense has looked really sharp so far. I, I think, you know, that, you know, we every year we say, ah, you know, defense is a little bit ahead of the offense. That's all right. You know, offense will catch up later on, count on the best. Um, you could say this year, the offense is ahead of the defense. I think we haven't seen that in a long time here, and I, I think there's cause for optimism on that side of the ball. I think Jahan Dotson in particular has looked very sharp early. Curtis Samuel, hey, let's knock on wood here. Curtis Samuel looks healthy. He's, he's playing well. He's running around. He's going to bring another element to this offense, make it a little more dynamic. Antonio Gibson looks good, looks fresh. Look, everybody's healthy this time of year, but you stack it all up and you wait on Logan Thomas to come back and Terry McLaurin to come back. There are some playmakers here. Michael, interestingly enough, you didn't mention the quarterback too much in that group of guys that, that have impressed you so far. What have you seen out of Carson Wentz, and just how different does it look compared to what you saw out there last year with Taylor Heineke? Yeah, look, he's, you know, and I'm a Taylor Heineke guy, so I'm, I'm not going to throw my guy under the bus. But <laughs> Me too. Hey, let, hey let, let's go facts only here. He's an upgrade. Uh, you know, when, when he's playing at his best, he's, he's an upgrade. He's an NFL-caliber quarterback. I, you know, the thing I keep coming back to is 
this season is a referendum on the defense. You know, they, they used all these first-round draft picks. You got Chase Young, you got Montez Sweat, you got Jonathan Allen, gave him the big contract, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the way on down. The, this is – they underachieved last year. Um, you know, they, they, that much is evident. They, they did very – you know, showed us glimpses two years ago in that playoff run of what they could be. Didn't get there last year. Didn't achieve it. This season's a referendum on the defense. So, to me, the offense doesn't have to be spectacular. Carson Wentz doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers, doesn't have to take the team on his back. He's got to just be good enough. Set the table, let the defense win games. And I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll say this, I think he's going to be good enough. I, I, think, he will, I think he will meet that bar. I, I don't, you know, I'm not counting on any all-pro votes here, MV, no MVP votes, but I think he'll be good enough that if the defense does its job, this can be a successful team. Yeah, definitely a big if when it comes to that defense. As you mentioned, definitely underachieved. Uh, in 2021. Joining us right now, though, on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is Michael Phillips. He covers the Washington Commanders for the Richmond Times Dispatch. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael PRPD. And Mike, there seems to be a lot of internal pressure and expectations to make a significant jump here in year three of Ron Rivera's tenure here with the club. From your gut feel, is that internal pressure coming mostly from the coaching staff? Or is there a, a, a real belief that if things don't go this team's way in 2022, that ownership may be ready to hit the reset button once again when it comes to this coaching staff? You know, I think they'd have to really fall hard to, to put that in play. Look, I think if this is just a regular disappointment of a season, an 8-9 and nine season, a couple of bad breaks, a couple injuries, I think they'll be allowed to run it back. Um, you know, that, that said, you know, Ron knows this. Ron knows in year three in Carolina is when he made his big leap. That was when he made his big leap forward with Cam Newton. Everything clicked. And he knows that he's got enough talent and enough pieces. They, they've been given enough to get this thing done, to, to, to win football games. And so I think the circumstances have really added to Ron wanting to put that pressure on himself and say, hey, look, we've got good enough pieces here. We've, we've got enough players and enough playmakers on this roster. We should be able to contend. We should be able to win more games than not. We should be anticipating a wild card appearance. And, you know, I, I don't think that's unfair. I, I really don't. I, I think it's fair to say this is a team that on paper should be contending for the playoffs. Yeah, Mike, you've heard him say it all offseason long. Year three is when uh, this team expects to make the big jump. And, uh, Mike, the 33rd team, Mike Tannenbaum, former general manager of the New York Jets, they run a nice little website over there. They dropped an article ranking the best offensive skill groups in the National Football League by tier. And, Mike, Washington, their group was ranked in the tier four, which was categorized as teams that have an average group of playmakers, and this team needs to add both talent and depth at their skill position. What do you make of the ranking? And I'll ask you this. Do us media members here in the area overvalue this group of pretty much unproven weapons? And who in this group of skilled players is flying under the radar right now that could potentially have a huge year? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Rack them up one through 32. If this unit finishes, how many teams make the playoffs? 14 teams now, is that right? Yep, 14. 12, 12 or 14. 12, 14 in the playoffs now. If, you, you rack them up one through 32. If these guys finish the season, as the 14th best offense in football. Like, I don't think there's a huge reach. Like, that's achievable for them. Definitely. You would say they should make the playoffs. They, like, the defense shouldn't be below the offense, given the amount of time and attention put into it. So, I, I, yeah, I don't need them to be a Tier 1 offense. I don't need them to be a Tier 2 offense. I, I'm perfectly fine with them sitting there on that average line. 
being an average offense, letting the defense take care of business. You ask about playmakers, though. Man, I'm going to come back to Jahan Dotson for a minute. Kid looks sharp. Uh, he's playing well. Obviously, Brian Robinson, a lot of excitement there. Um, I, it was so important to get a second legitimate running back option. It really yeah, was. Definitely. It was unfair to ask Antonio Gibson to tote the rock as much as he did last year. I, I think that's just going to be a huge difference in Gibson's game as well, him being able to take those breathers and, and take less of a beating. And, Mike, I'll get you out of here on this. Bob, Bill Barnwell, who does a lot of insider work for ESPN+, Plus, he says the Commanders had the 26th best offseason uh, in the National Football League. What do you make of the ranking, and how do you grade this team's offseason now that you've seen well, everything come together as a collective? Yeah, I understand the ranking because I do think they overpaid for Carson Wentz. Now, I think you had to make a move there. You had to bring somebody in, so it's a little defensible. But, geez, here we are. What are we, early June? They still don't have a legit middle linebacker. They still need more depth on the defense. I, I don't know. You know, where's, where's that money? It's time to start waving that money around. There's still time. Still time before training camp. Look forward to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe seeing some acquisitions before then. But it's time to make a move, man. Time, time to bolster that defense. Yeah, Mike, you're echoing the sentiments of a lot of people in this area, very upset with the lack of activity uh, that Ron and company, you know, have shown this offseason. But, Mike, I appreciate you joining me, man. I'll let you go. Awesome. Take care, dude. Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch giving us the latest on the Washington Commanders as they get ready for week three of OTAs. On the other side of this break, I want to switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk some Wizards. We're just two weeks away from the NBA draft. When we get back, I'll tell you why there's only one right decision for the Wizards to make on draft night when it comes to the number 10 overall pick. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. I'm Lanell Willingham here with you until 10 o'clock. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you on the fan. Uh, We kicked off the show reacting to the commander's big news of the day. But right now, I want to switch gears here a little bit and take things over to the hardwood. We're just two weeks away from the NBA draft set for June 22nd. Your Washington Wizards set to pick at number 10 on draft night. And based on the recent history 
of this team's draft picks and the overall direction that this team's trying to head in, in my opinion, there's only one right move to make on draft night when pick number 10 rolls around. The Washington Wizards must, absolutely must, trade the number 10 pick for a proven veteran. The Wizards have struggled mightily to find success uh, picking in the lottery since the selection of Bradley Beal. They picked Beal in 2012. They picked again in the lottery 2013. The third overall pick ends up being Otto Porter Jr. out of Georgetown. Clearly, you know, that deal, I guess you can say worked, but obviously didn't work in the long haul as the team ends up moving on from Otto Porter. You now see him doing damage with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, working well for Golden State. He had a couple big buckets last night. Yeah, they're definitely working well for them. They picked again in the lottery in 2018 with the selection of Troy Brown uh, out of Oregon. Uh, Troy Brown did not have his option exercised by the team, ended up being traded. And with the 15th overall pick, you got to hit on guys like this. The difference in hitting on guys like this and not are, are the difference between teams such as a Golden State, such as a Boston. You look at Boston and their recent success drafting guys starting center, Robert Williams, a guy who had some issues coming out of college, was a, was, was a bit immature. They brought him into their system. They developed him. The 27th overall pick uh, back in 2018 was Robert Williams, a guy that's panned out for Boston, a huge part of why they're in the NBA Finals right now. The 22nd overall pick for 2019. Grant Williams for the Boston Celtics. You all saw the three-point barrage that he went on in that last series that the Boston Celtics played in. Look at a guy like Peyton Pritchard, 26th overall pick in 2020. You saw in game one the type of impact he had. So my point is, Washington clearly hasn't had much success in the lottery. Because they've, they've they've tinkered right around this era of not being good enough to like completely tank and get a top three pick, or they're just bad enough to where they're still picking in the lottery. And, and, and the names go on for, for the failed lottery picks for Washington. Obviously, the jury's still out on these last three guys. Rui Hachimura in 2019, the ninth pick overall from Gonzaga. Uh, had an up-and-down NBA career you know, so far to this point. Obviously, tons of potential there that Washington sees in him. But with the Wizards, we haven't seen them be able to capitalize on guys' potential. You look at a guy like Denny Avdia in 2020, another ninth overall pick. Denny has made some significant strides in his game. But to be the ninth overall pick, you know, you've got to come in and change and try to change the trajectory of this basketball club. They picked again in the lottery a year ago. It was Corey Kispert, the 15th overall pick, the kid from Gonzaga. You know, he was able to get thrust into a much larger role this past season uh, due to the injury of Bradley Beal and the lack of depth that Washington had at the two-guard position. So for Washington, I say this, you got to trade that 10th pick for a veteran. 
you know, the great teams in this league hit on those picks, and it becomes a part of their core moving forward. Take a look at the Celtics, Warriors, Grizzlies, Suns. I'll give you a couple options here as I'll bring in my producer, Denton Day. We'll play a little game here called Jalike or Bush. Denton's going to read some potential trades off to me for the number 10 overall pick, and I'll give him a Jalike for, yeah, I like what we're doing, or a Bush for BS. Obviously, you know what Bush stands for. I'll bring in my producer, Denton Day. Give me, lay, lay him on me here. Real quick. I will just say before we get started here, if Ty Ty Washington is available at 10, he would be the one guy that I'm like, you know what, I think we can take a flyer on him. He was the best point guard in college basketball, but that is neither here nor there. I want to start out west for the first guy. Would you be open to moving the 10th overall pick for Harrison Barnes? Um, mm. that's That's a tough one for me. I'll go, I'll go Jalike for that, and I, and I have a couple reasons why. Uh, obviously, Harrison Barnes has yet to live up to the potential that he had coming out. One of the, supposed to be the most one of the most transcendent high school players coming out ends up uh, playing his college ball at UNC. Didn't really do much uh, in the pros, but what he does provide that Washington doesn't have, I feel like is that position versatility and that prowess defensively. You know, Harrison Barnes is one of the better premier defenders, you know, in the NBA. He's a guy who can create his own offense, and I think he'll come in and fit in here nicely with Washington, with, 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 with what Washington has. There would seem to be a little bit of a log jam at your three and four spot if you do bring in a guy like Harrison Barnes. But in my opinion, the talent's too great to pass up on. And I think if Harrison Barnes, the guy he is right now, was in this draft as we speak currently, he might go higher than 10. He has championship experience as well, which is something that if you're looking to take that next step, you need in your locker room. All right, how about next, Malcolm Brogdon, the point guard for Indiana? Bush. Now, multiple reasons why I say Bush here, and I'll bring Chase Hughes on here in a couple minutes. Wizards insider from NBC Sports Washington who has written multiple stories about the Wizards potentially acquiring Malcolm Brogdon. And the reason why it's enticing to bring in Malcolm Brogdon, you need a point guard. You need a point guard that is a traditional pass-first point guard who can also defend. I think Malcolm Brogdon checks those boxes. The issue with me for Brogdon, he is really he's really struggled uh, to stay on the floor uh, in his career so far to this point. Now, schematically, does he fit with Washington? I think so. But with a guy that's had the flaky injury history uh, that Malcolm Brogdon has had, and he's you know not really known as a three-point shooter, he can shoot the three. He's had some success up and down, up and down uh, three, career three-point shooter. I, I give it a bush for Malcolm Brogdon. I, w- I wouldn't be happy if Tommy Shepard and company pulled the trigger on that deal. All right, one more quick final one here. Now, I have my own personal feelings about this player Uh-oh. in particular. Uh, Reggie Jackson, oh. in or out on Reggie Jackson? Oh, I would love it. I need it. A guy who's been there before, just a vet. Now, people may argue, well, you need a pass-first point guard. We saw what happened with Spencer Dinwiddie when we traded for him, and he wasn't a pass-first guy. And it just ultimately didn't end up working between him and Bradley Beal. But Reggie Jackson, 
a guy with playoff experience who's been around the block a couple times, and he defends. That's the one thing I really like about Reggie Jackson is the way he competes on both ends of the floor. I think he's a guy that can go out and get you 20 to 25 points on a good night. And him pairing with Bradley Beal, I think, would give Washington one of the better backcourts in basketball. Now, obviously, the Clippers probably aren't inclined to move Reggie Jackson because, like I said, he is a pretty good point guard. You're laughing at me, Denton. I said said they might have one of the best backcourts in the NBA. I am on the complete opposite end of the spectrum as you with Reggie Jackson. I think by February, he would make me want to slam my head through a wall. <laughs> well, we don't want you to do that. Then. <laughs> but no, I, I think what's there not to like, in my opinion, you know, about Reggie Jackson? The guy can score the basketball. He defends and competes on that side of the floor every night. You're not going to have to question the effort of Reggie Jackson. He's played in some huge games. Uh, Huge playoff series with the Clippers, you know, with Oklahoma City. We've seen him get it done before at a high level in this league. And I think he's the type of guard that compliments Bradley Beal just perfectly. I think if you can convince him that he's playing Russell Westbrook every single night, he's a (laughs) Hall of Famer. (laughs) But outside of that, there's a little bit of streakiness with him. And sometimes sometimes he heat checks himself. And I don't want him to be the guy heat checking on the floor. That's I would rather have Brad. If someone's going to heat check, I'd yeah. rather have Brad heat check. Of, of course, but what, but, but what I think Reggie brings, you can't have too much scoring. That's my whole thing. And there were times last year where Washington just really struggled to put the ball in the hole. Uh, specifically, their, their struggles from, from behind the arc. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams uh, in basketball. But for the sake of this fan base and, and for the sake of the success of this team, Moving forward, basketball gods, please, I'm praying to you, help the Wizards acquire immediate veteran help to this roster uh, in exchange for that number 10 overall pick. Coming up next, the man who knows all about the Wizards and the top prospects in this year's draft because, well, it's his job to know about it. NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes joins me with the latest on the D.C. family, who they could potentially be targeting with that number 10 overall pick. Does Chase want the team to trade the 10th pick for a veteran? Or is there going to be someone there that the Wiz simply can't live without at pick number 10? Find out when we return. Ride with me. Linnell Willingham here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Fan here with you until 10 o'clock where I'll toss things over to CBS Sports Radio in the JR Sport Brief show. But before we took our last time out, 
I told you what I think the Wizards should do with the 10th overall pick in this month's draft. Let's find out what Chase Hughes would do. Joining me right now on the best Q- BetQL guest hotline, BetSmart to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Is NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes. You can read all of his work online at NBCSportsWashington.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. What's going on, Chase? How's the offseason been treating you, my guy? I'm doing great, man. Uh, going to pre-draft workouts, uh, talking to Wizards pro- draft prospects, and now I- I'm wondering because you left the cliffhanger. Uh, what do you think they should do with the tenth pick? You didn't say. <laughs> well, Chase, I'll say this: there probably is no offseason for you, my friend. One of the <laughs> hardest working guys on the Wizards beat. But Chase, like you said before, I had you on. I was telling our listeners that, in my opinion, there's only one right way for the Wizards to handle their tenth overall selection. You know, in the draft here in the next two weeks, I made the case that based on the team's recent success picking in the lottery, I trade that pick, you know, for a proven commodity that I know could come in and help this team right away. Me and my producer, Denton Day, ran through some potential trade options. How likely do you think it is that the team would trade that pick for a vet? And if they do, what specific player or position do you think would fit best? Well, I think if they trade the pick, it would have to be for something pretty significant. I think it would have to be for more than just like a rotation player or starter level, of course, you would expect to get with a 10th overall pick. If they did just trade it for a player, I think it'd be a point guard. But you got to keep in mind that the John Wall Russell Westbrook trade involved a first round pick that has uh, a few years that it could convey because of protections, and next year is the first year. So if they traded their first-round pick this year and then made the playoffs next year because it's lottery-protected, then you might be without first-round picks for two consecutive years. And also, I think it's important um, one way or the other, they got to have some cheap salaries on the books, especially if you're going to re-sign Bradley Beal uh, to a massive contract. So I think there's value in that pick. But at the same time, I think they're going to explore some different scenarios. So it, it wouldn't shock me entirely. Um, but I would say at this point, just given those factors, it's, it's a little less likely than it is likely that they would trade it. But if they did, again, it would be for a point guard because that's the most glaring need that they have. Well, look, I got to get Uncle Tommy on the phone and tell him, look, trade the pick, Tommy. <laughs> trade it. But, Chase, this is a pivotal offseason for general manager Tommy Shepard. Uh, in this Wizards front office. And based on what we've been hearing, all signs point toward this team re-signing Bradley Beal to a Supermax, to a Supermax extension, which will come out to a whopping five years, $246 million deal. Chase, I want you to put your GM hat on. What are the, some of the negatives of signing Beal to that kind of extension, giving this team's lack of postseason success with him on the roster? And what kind of trade offer would the Wiz have to get in return if they were to think about a potential sign-in trade for Bradley Beal? Well, certainly, if you're going to get to the negotiating table and that much money uh, might be involved, you got to look at the negatives. So I, don't, I think it's a fair question. Um, obviously, the defensive shortcomings um, are there and the lack of at least recent success. You know, Early in Bradley Beal's career, they had a, a pretty nice run of getting to the playoffs and getting to the second round. Um, it was pretty good, especially relative to you know what we're used to with this franchise. Um, but I think there's also a lot of positives. I mean, I, I don't take what happened last year as an indication that 
you know, he's on a downward trend. Uh, you know, he scored 30-plus points a game the previous two years, led the Eastern Conference. He doesn't have an injury history that really concerns me at this point. Like, obviously, he's missed some time the last few years, and he had a season ended um, due to injury, but it was a wrist injury. It's not like, you know, he's got an ACL in his past or an Achilles or anything like that. And he's, he's I think, generally good for team chemistry, and he's a good face of the franchise. So I think there's... There's a lot of positives and, of course, some negatives you got away. Um, but as, as far as, um, you know, if they were to work out a sign-and-trade deal, because obviously, you know, they want to re-sign him. Yeah. Um, they definitely don't want to let him go for nothing. So if, if the other option would be that he goes into free agency, finds a destination, there's a sign-and-trade. Um, I wonder how much you could get just because you don't have the leverage you did a year or two ago. But, you know, Miami definitely seems like a, a, an attractive spot. You know, maybe you could pry Tyler Hero and other pieces away from them. Um, Tyler Hero was the sixth man of the year. Uh, I'd, I'd probably rather, you know, maybe talk to Philly and get Tyrese Maxey, maybe Matisse Dybul, if you could get those two, and then maybe a draft pick. Um, I don't think you're going to get a star in return. I don't know if you're going to get, you know, some blockbuster, um, you know, haul for a guy who can just leave in free agency if he wants to. But I think you could still get some value for sure. Chase, it's interesting that you bring that up because a player of Bradley Beal's caliber, this is a former All-NBA guy, like you said, a guy who averaged 30 points in back-to-back seasons. You mentioned because teams know that he could potentially walk in free agency, but if you're in the sign-and-trade scenario and you're one of these teams looking to get over the hump, I'm sure you got to be willing to empty out you know, your checkbook to get this guy, right? I mean... Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you look at what Pat Riley said today. He had a press conference um, about the Heat season, and obviously they fell in the conference finals, and he made it seem like they're going to be pretty aggressive this offseason. So I, I think you look at the landscape of teams with cap room, and it's a bunch of teams that are kind of rebuilding, and that if they could sign Bradley Deal outright, they're probably not the best, most attractive destinations for him. I think if he did leave, it, it would probably be in a sign-and-trade scenario because – um, I don't think he would leave the Wizards without anything. And also the teams that he'd want to go to would have to you know, acquire him via sign and trade. And they've become more common in the NBA lately. You know, as of like yeah. three, four years ago, you basically never saw sign and trades. It was like once a year. But now it's become more commonplace. It's just there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. Like, the, like Bradley Beal would have to take, I think it's one less year and, and less money and smaller raises. Like you have to take less money to do it. But you know, if he really wanted to push his way to a contender – um, then that's one route he could go. I'm joined right now on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. NB- NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider Chase Hughes. You can read all his work on NBCSportsWashington.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Chase Hughes NBCS. Chase, one way for this Wizards team to improve without breaking the bank is if they're able to have some internal development. We see guys like Denny Avdia committing to working you know, with some of the best skills trainer in the world, Avidia obviously set to link up with Drew Hanlon, who's famous for his work with Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum. And Jason, I wanted to ask you, how big of a deal is it that Denny's going to work with Drew? And from what you're hearing, what's expected to be the main focus of these workouts? Well, I mean, Drew Hanlon is very good at what he does. He's got a, a very impressive uh, list of clients. Um, and I think just about all of them have been success stories. Like, you know, some guys have, worked with him a little bit and then left. But, I mean, obviously the, the big names you mentioned, he's, he's one of the most accomplished skills trainers 
um, in, in, in basketball. So I think Denny Avdia remains a pretty raw offensive prospect. I would imagine offense is going to be the focus and, you know, probably going left is going to be the focus. Uh, you know, he, (laughs) he goes right all the time and teammates and coaches, uh, are well aware. I know fans are well aware, but I think, I think, I think, (laughs) yeah, I think it's, I think it's a running joke inside the locker room too, from what, from what I understand, they, they joke around with them about that. Um, so I think going left, um, creating off the dribble, maybe, um, you know, shortening his, his jump shot a little bit would, would help that cause to get his shot off. Um, but you know, he's, he's such a, a big player for his skill set. It's kind of an interesting canvas for a skills trainer to work with. So I'm really interested to see in general, honestly, what comes of this off season for Denny Obvia, because this is his first full healthy off season as an NBA player. And last year, I thought he improved quite a bit without having that luxury. He, he had a bunch of setbacks with his ankle injury last summer, didn't play summer league, uh, didn't get to train like he normally would have. It was a shortened offseason, and somehow he was still able to come back better. So I'm really int- intrigued to see what type of leap uh, Denny Abdia can make in year three. Yeah, definitely. I think Denny already has the mental makeup of a guy who's going to play a long time in this league, as you mentioned, You know, constantly trying to get better at his game. He went through some stretches last year where he just didn't shoot the ball particularly well. We saw footage of him you know, getting shots up after game. So you don't worry about the effort uh, from Denny Avdia. But Chase, we heard Wes Unsell Jr. and Tommy Shepard talk to a bunch of different media outlets about their plans to help build the camaraderie between the coaching staff and the players. Both guys mentioned getting out and going and spending more time with each player individually. Why do you feel like they're putting an extra emphasis on that this offseason, and how could it potentially pay off down the road? Well, I think that's um, a result of the last few offseasons not having that opportunity, you know, because of of COVID and um, certain events that allow them to kind of interact being canceled. And also, of course, Wes Huntsell Jr., taking the team over last summer and taking it over kind of later in the process that even a rookie head coach would, would take over. And then also this last year, you know, whatever the opposite of the word continuity is, that's what they had. You know, they had 29 players suit up. It was a franchise record. Um, the NBA this year um, with all the hardship exemption contracts had a record number of players suit up and the Wizards had the most players of any team suit up. So there just were so many moving parts. And I think at the end of the season, they really, one of their big takeaways was their defense had a lot of problems because of all, all those moving parts. So I think continuity and chemistry and just connect, connectivity is going to be important for them moving forward. At least it's going to be emphasized. We'll see. You know, it's interesting. It wasn't that long ago that continuity was something that they really uh, favored more than most teams. And, you know, it didn't really work out for them. So I, I don't really know what the best answer is in that regard. You know, sometimes teams are thrown together and, and they have no continuity and they play really well. And then sometimes the teams that have been together a long time, all of a sudden it clicks. You know, look at the Boston Celtics right now. So I don't know what the right answer is there, but they believe that that was a problem, particularly on the defensive end for them. Yeah, and obviously defense is something that this team has tried to correct ever since Randy Whitman's been the coach of this basketball team. Yep. Uh, but I'll let you out on this, Chase. Celtics went on a 40-16 run in the fourth quarter of game one against the Warriors and one big on the road. In game two, we saw Golden State ratchet up that intensity on the defensive end and it led to a blowout victory. Who do you think 
takes home game three, and do you expect another blowout like we've seen in a lot of these playoff matchups? Oh, man, so many blowouts. I'm hoping it's a close game, <laughs> but uh, I think Boston punches back. I don't, I don't, I think Golden gotcha. State wins the series, but I think it goes the distance, and I think Boston, you know, going back home with that crowd, and, you know, they already stole game one. I think they punch back and they get game three, and it just kind of ends up being one of those trade-off series where uh, hopefully it's not all blowouts, but I think it goes the distance. I still think the Warriors win, like I said, um, but I, I think Boston's going to bounce back because the way their team has operated this playoff, they haven't had, like, two bad games in a row. They generally respond, and I, I think they'll do that in game three. Yeah, Chase, and I think the Celtics are, are a representation of Emi Udoka and, and his you know, Absolutely. tough nature and how he's gotten them to – really take a punch and punch back all season long. Chase, I appreciate you joining me, my man. Always good to talk. Absolutely, man. Let's do it again sometime. All righty. That was Chase Hughes. want to thank him once again for joining me and giving us the latest on the D.C. family and what he thinks the Wiz should do with that number 10 overall pick. Obviously, I'm in the camp of trading for a veteran. Chase, uh, maybe not so much. We're going to take a quick timeout, but on the other side, I want to buckle you real quick and take things back to the gridiron. We'll have some fun with it. Steamy Takes Only, a new segment here on Overtime. You can get at me on Twitter with the hashtag STO. When we come back, I'll tell you which sophomore quarterback in the NFL is in the best position to succeed in 2022. Don't move a muscle. Ride with me. Linnell Willingham here with you until 10 o'clock on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. I'm Liddell Willingham here with you on 106.7 The Fan. Taking you up to 10 o'clock where I'll hand things over to CBS Sports Radio and the JR Sport Brief Show. Uh, but right now, I wanted to participate in a little game I wanted to play here with you guys called Steamy Takes Only. The hottest takes. Call in with me. Tap in MGM National Harbor Listener Lines 1-800-636-1067. And the question today for steamy takes only is which sophomore quarterback is in the best position to succeed in 2022. Now there is really no wrong answer here. Hence the name of the subject steamy takes only. I only want the hottest takes given right here and I'll kick things off. In my opinion, the sophomore quarterback in the best position to succeed next season Got to be the one with the longest neck. Davis Mills. I'm on the Davis Mills train, and I'll tell you why. It, it, it has more so to do about what he has around him and what I saw from him a season ago. And Davis Mills got benched uh, last year. He didn't start the first game. He gets his first start in week three against Carolina. And it was rough, 19-28, to 28, uh, 168 yards and a touchdown. He follows it up. They get trumped. I don't even know, if, I don't even know what the right word is to use. They got, they got pooped on uh, by the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. And to say that Davis Mills struggled uh, would be an understatement. 11 of 21, four interceptions. Now, what's impressive to me, right, is for a kid – 
who was playing on a team that just was littered in turmoil a year ago because of the Deshaun Watson saga and having to deal with that lingering issue, being that it's a guy in your position group and you're the rookie that this team drafted, I wouldn't say, I will say it with the thought that you can be the successor uh, to Deshaun Watson. I thought he showed a lot of mental toughness, specifically coming off of that game where they lose 40 to nothing. He follows it up at home against the New England Patriots. They end up losing this game 25-22. But look at the stat line for Davis Mills. 21-29, 312 yards and three touchdowns against that vaunted New England defense. And for Davis Mills, I think what Nick Cesario and company have put around him, not just at the wide receiver group, but in the backfield, in the offensive line, in this Houston defense, I think is built to take a major step forward. Now, one of the beneficiaries, I think, for Davis Mills is going to be that the Houston Texans, in my opinion, play in the worst division in football. Talking about the AFC South. You got to deal with a team like Indianapolis, who just is completely overrated in my book. Um, Tennessee. Jacksonville. Just teams that aren't that good. Now, there's another sophomore quarterback uh, in that division. He was the number one overall pick. Talking about Trevor Lawrence. And you can get at me on Twitter at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P with your hashtag S-T-O. Which sophomore quarterback is in the best position to succeed in 2022? Now, I'll go back to Davis Mills and what we were able to see from him a season ago. Like I mentioned, he followed up that blowout loss on the road against Buffalo with just a big kahunas performance at home against the Patriots. Didn't, didn't result in a win for the team, but that's one of those games where the guys in the locker room start to look at you like, hey, you know, maybe this kid's got something. You know, didn't have a lot of expectations on him coming into the season. And the fact that he was in Houston, which quite frankly, in today's 2022 NFL, I guess we'll, we, won't, we won't talk about this year's Houston Texan team. In 2021, if you were sent to the Houston Texans or drafted by the Houston Texans or unlucky enough to be acquired by the Houston Texans, you were sent there to die. Nothing positive has come out of Houston until this offseason, in my opinion. There was obviously the drama with Nick Cesario getting in the headset of coaches during games. There was that saga. And then there's Deshaun Watson trying to force his way out. But here comes that young pup, Davis Mills, a guy who played in a Pep Hamilton offense in college and and had some of the tools to be one of the more pro-ready quarterbacks entering the league last year. And in 2022, I think getting a healthy Brandon Cooks back, they've got a decent running game down there. He's got his blind side protected by Larry Tunsil. I think Davis Mills is set up for long-term success. And in 2022, I think Davis Mills proves he is the guy moving forward for the Houston Texans. If you guys want to get at me with their steamy take on which sophomore quarterback is in the best position to succeed in 2022. You can call in MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067, or you can get at me on Twitter at N-E-L-L 
underscore BTP. But when we come back on the other side of this break, we're talking more ball. We're talking more ball. We'll, we'll go broad, wide view lens of the National Football League with Mark Schofield of USA's Today's Touchdown Wire. I'll ask him that same question. Which sophomore quarterback does he think is in the best position to succeed in 2022? I'll ask Mark that and more on the other side of this break. I'm Lino Willingham. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.